Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. What's up? What's up? How's everybody? Yeah. It's late night. It's 10.15 up there and about. Anybody got the real time? I haven't seen this time in a while. I got two kids at home. I go to bed early, like 8.30, tuck my kids in, and then I get right in bed. So this is a stretch for me. But I just pounded a Red Bull, so I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. It's so good to see all of you. Uh, who? Let me just get a feel for the room real quick. Um, middle schoolers. Can I hear my middle schoolers in the room? Hear them? Okay, so we got some middle schoolers. That's okay. That's okay. We got something for you this weekend. That's good. Um, how about high school? High school in the house? Yes. Wow. Don't worry, middle school. You'll get there. Just take a couple years. No, 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 no. All right, leaders. Leaders in the house. Is the leaders. Leaders are so used to not getting any credit. They're just like, just put me to bed, please, please. And it's only the first night, so you're in for it, leaders. I want to introduce us, um, first of all, to myself. Can I tell you just a little bit about myself as we kind of get acquainted? So my name is Luke Casagrande. I'm a youth pastor. I've been a youth pastor for 10 years. 10 long, amazing, exciting, brilliantly crazy years with young people. Um, It is the joy of my heart to work with young people. It is my calling to speak into the lives of young people because I feel like young people have the passion. They have the lack of inhibition. Do you know you all are crazy? You all are crazy. In the beginning, when Jesus first made this movement called the church, when Jesus handpicked those followers, guess what? They were teenagers. There was a point to that work for Jesus being like, there's a crazy 16-year-old, there's a crazy 17-year-old, there's a crazy 15-year-old, and they're all going to do some crazy stuff for the kingdom in turning the world upside down. And I love, I love when aha moments and transformation takes place through the youth of this generation that is you right here right now for an intended purpose for the Holy Spirit to fill your life and to bring a work through you into your world that's God's heart for young people so here's the thing if God says I want to use young people and he believes in you I want you to believe in yourself just a little bit and just give yourself a little hand clap just say yes go me go me go me Go me, young person. Not me, you. You. Somebody looked at me the other day, and (laughs) this was really discouraging. They went, it's half over. (laughs) I was like, wow, that's depressing. That's crazy. I got here quick. Um, It's a picture of me and my amazing wife. Uh, she's given like a little peace sign or whatever. There's my son. His name's Andrew. My wife's name is Kelly. Um, and there's my daughter just kind of like, what are y'all doing? I don't even know what to do with my hands right now. There's, that's uh, Madeline Grace. Um, Kelly and I, we're going into nine years of marriage. We love each other like crazy. Um, she's 
my world. She completes me. Um, she is my, the weight to my balloon. Like, I'm like out there, ADHD, and she's like, all right, baby, get it together. Let's calm down. Like, we can't just travel and forget about our kids. We can't do these crazy, amazing things. Um, because we have to stay grounded. We have responsibilities. So that's my family. Um, They're beautiful. And that's just a little bit about me. Cool? Just a little bit about me. Um, Here's what I want to do, just as we get just a little more more comfortable with one another. You're going to find out real quick, like, I'm kind of crazy. I'm a little scatterbrained. I am a squirrel personality. Um, I get distracted real fast. Here's what somebody caught that and loved it. Um, So I just want to give you an opportunity just to ask me five questions about myself, my family, my ministry, just to get to know me a little bit. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to ask me five questions. Yes. How old are my children? My son is seven and my daughter is five. And they're awesome. So awesome. Over here. Okay, she's, I'm going to come back to you. Yes, sir. Where did I go to school? Like high school? So where I'm from, everybody's like, where'd you go to school? And they mean high school. So I went to high school in Hartford County. Go Cougars. I grew up in Faustin. Faustin, Maryland High School. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Took some time. I'm not so sure. You in the back. Fast food restaurant, favorite? All right, so does Chipotle count as fast food? Chipotle, Chipotle. All right, tomorrow we're going to give you an opportunity to ask some more questions. That's a little bit more. I told you I'd come back to you, so yes. Why did I marry my wife? Because she's beautiful and I don't marry ugly women. Um... (laughs) she's gorgeous um her heart her heart for the lord but also i'm extremely attracted to her um there's there is uh some like advice for you please be attracted to the person you marry it's important (laughs) it's okay I don't think she took that advice. I think she was. (laughs) Over the the next four sessions together, we're going to be unpacking this theme of one family. My man Elijah unpacked it a little bit. He said, Christ's redemptive work in our world for humanity was to make us one. He even has a prayer. Lord, make them one as you and I are one. Jesus' heart for all of us, for you and me, is that we would be one family. We have this kaleidoscope of journeys and culture and ethnicity and color. And we have this kaleidoscope. And the very thing that God says is beautiful when it comes to bringing people together as one is the very thing that humanity is using to divide us. And God says, my heart is that you would be one as I am one with my Father. You know, everything that God did in this world from the beginning of time, everything that he created, everything that he did, he called good. The intention from the very beginning was that when God created and when God gave, he said, it is 
good. That this is a good thing. And you know what's crazy? In the beginning when God created and he created the stars and the heavens and the earth and he created the plants and the water was in the fish and he created the beasts of the field and the birds of the air and he created man and woman and he said, behold, this is very good. And then he gave one thing, one directive, and he didn't even say that thing wasn't good. He just said, don't touch that thing because it's not for you. But the good things that God created for you and me, at some point we decide that it's not good enough. God is saying, everything that I've given you, everything that I've created is so good. But we look around us and we say, no, 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 wait. What is my father holding out on me with? What, what is the thing that I might be missing? Because maybe in my humanity and my humanness with my desires and my brokenness and the temptation, I got some problems or some holes in my heart that I want to fill, some things that I need to fix. So I'm going to try to solve those things by fulfilling those places in my own way. And if I can do that, it must be good. But God is saying, I've got something for you. And in its appointed time, I will give it to you. I will reveal it to you. And it is good. So don't go after the things where you say that's not good enough. But I'm going to go seek for something that's better to fulfill me. Don't do that because I have it at an appointed time for you. Like all of you are here in this room, but you're not so sure that there might be something in this room for you. And you aren't even sure of the good thing that God has for you. But here's the truth. You are here to experience something good. You're here to experience something good. And you know what's crazy? A series of good events have brought you here to this very moment. Good things. Like how about the fact that you woke up with breath in your lungs this morning? And guess what? Not everybody on this planet was given that good gift. Because not everybody on this planet woke up with breath in their lungs this morning. You have given the good gift to wake up with breath in your lungs and vitality running through your being and blood pumping through your veins and a heart giving you a pulse that says, wake up. There is something in store for you that is good. And God gave you that good thing. And when you woke up, he probably gave you something else pretty good. Like, many of you in this room woke up safe. Like, you made it here. You woke up safe. Many of you woke up and were able to eat breakfast this morning. You know that not everybody in this world has the privilege to eat in the morning. Many of you got three square meals today. And that was good. Many of you got the funds necessary to bring you to this place. There was a provision that allowed you to come to this place tonight so that you could experience something good. And that was good. And many of us in this room right now have the privilege to just focus on what the Lord has for you. And the privilege of that focus is good. God is good. And there's something in this room where you're like, man, like, I don't, I don't know what it is. It's kind of like this, like, like, uh, just a volunteer. 
I need a volunteer. Anybody? Anyone? Bueller? Um, yes, ma'am. Come on up. Uh, give it up. Yeah. Hello. What is your name? Emma. Emma. Um, what church are you with? Kimar Wesleyan. Yes, Kimar. In the house. Familiar faces. Uh, grade? 11. 11th. All right, cool. Um, there is, tell me your name one more time. Emma. Emma. Emma, there is something that God has in store for you this weekend. And I don't know what that is. I hope it's something life-changing. I hope it's something at least profound enough where it will make an impact on your life. I hope that it's an experience where it makes you think. It draws you closer to God. I hope that. I don't know what that is, but I know that God, in his proper time, in his due and appointed time, he will give it to you. All you had to do was show up, right? It's kind of like I have a $20 bill in my pocket, right? Did you know I had this? But you showed up, right? You didn't know I had the $20 bill, right? Did you know that I had an intention to give this $20 bill to somebody? It's a good gift. This will buy a couple milkshakes at the snack shack. The milkshakes are fire. Go try them out. I had this for you, but it was concealed. In order for somebody to get this $20 bill, this good gift, somebody had to show up. And when I asked for somebody to be a volunteer, they had to raise their hand and say, yes, me, right? But you didn't know what for, right? Right. But I did because I got the gift. So I'm going to give this gift to Emma and just let that be an illustration. Buy somebody a milkshake, right? Go sit down. She said, thank you. Students, what I'm asking you to do, knowing that God gives good gifts, what I'm asking you to do for these next three sessions after this one is to show up. Show up physically. Show up emotionally. Show up mentally. Show up spiritually. Just show up. Show up in anticipation that God has a good gift to give you. I don't know what it is, but it might be something that's valuable that you're going to take with you and you're going to be able to share. Buy somebody a milkshake. Share it, right? She's going to. Emma's like, I can't wait. You, girl. We have a picture in the Old Testament. There's a minor prophet. His name is Hosea. Somebody say Hosea. Hosea is, takes place, is a prophet in the northern kingdom of Israel. This story takes place in the 700s B.C. That means this story is about 2,090 years old. No, 2,900. 2,770 years old, about, 2,770 years old, about. My math has never been good, but it's about around there. 
And Hosea is a prophet in this kingdom, and God used prophets to speak a word over nations to reveal his heart to the nations, to let them know who they were and who God was. That, that was the job of a prophet. This is who God is. This is who you are. So God would use a, a prophet to speak a word to a nation, basically saying, wake up. This is who God is, and this is who you are. And then the people would choose to listen or not. In this case, God is using a prophet named Hosea, and he does something that is so crazy. It blows my mind. Going through this, chap, this, uh, this book of the Old Testament, I was like, really, God? This is how you're going to speak to us? Like this? And God was like, you bet. So this is what happens. God begins to write a story. He begins to tell a story through the life of Hosea to the nation. He uses Hosea in a physical way as an illustration to show his heart for his people. Basically to bring them to the point, to, to the understanding that he has created them to be one family belonging to him and him alone. That he loves them and that he will pursue them. And the story that takes place for that nation 2,790 or so years ago, back then, is the same word that God has for you and I right now. He has a ceaseless, passionate pursuit and he is after your heart. And God uses these four points, this layout that we're going to go through these four sessions. And he says, in these four points, he says, I gave, you returned, I redeemed, and we will love. That's the track that we'll go through as it comes to Hosea. You know what's crazy? This is what happens. God tells the prophet, a man of God, Hosea, to go marry a prostitute. What? Some of y'all are like, big deal. Hmm. I don't know. Like, they're in this kingdom. This kingdom is crazy. They're going after a whole bunch of things as a kingdom. They've taken what is good, and they said that's not good enough, so they're going to start pursuing the things that they think is going to fulfill them outside of God's will. So that's why God says, I'm going to use a man named Hosea, who's a man after my heart, a man of God, to represent who I am, and then I'm going to take a woman who represents my people who are going after a whole bunch of things. She's going to be a prostitute, and I'm going to ask this man of God to marry this promiscuous woman to represent our relationship. Now, I don't know about the men in this room, but I'm just wondering when it comes to your thought process on the type of woman you feel like marrying and the occupation by which she would create an income, something tells me prostitute doesn't register too high on that list. <laughs> Nevertheless, Hosea marries the prostitute. Her name is Gomer. What? Now, I don't want to come off as too judgmental because I'm a pretty down to earth guy. 
But if you're a parent and you name your kid Gomer, you are not setting her up for success. <laughs> this girl's name was Gomer. It reminds, it, it rhymes with Homer Simpson. And Homer married a woman named Marge. It just doesn't, it doesn't connect well. One horrible. <laughs> but here's the truth. It says in the word that when the Lord first began speaking to Israel through this man of God, Hosea, he said to him, go and marry a prostitute. Now, how does this text fit into the framework of I gave and one family? We have to think about it in terms of not necessarily what God gave Hosea, but what God gave Gomer in the gift of Hosea and what Hosea would represent. God is saying, this woman, Gomer, is trying to find fulfillment in so many places, and she was not created for that. Nevertheless, Hosea, with the word of the Lord moving through him, says, I still want you. You're mine. And, and, and when a man aligns his heart with the Lord's and functions rightly in a marriage relationship, there is so much good to be given in the parameters of that relationship that what is taking place in that relationship is indeed a good, good gift. Like when Hosea married Gomer, he would have been expected to provide for her, to love her, to cherish her, to protect her, to encourage her, to uphold her, to uplift her, to guard her, to, to honor her, to be loyal to her. The list goes on and on. When I married my wife, I took vows, and the vows say, I will honor, love, cherish, respect, obey, uphold, protect, provide. These are the good gifts that I was saying yes to when I married my bride. And these are the promises of God to his people if we choose to be one with him. These are the promises, the good gifts that are provided for Gomer in this relationship. I gave a good gift to Gomer. And you know what? There's many of us in this room right now with, that would say, she didn't deserve that. Do you know how much we judge on our social media when people kind of act a little ratchet? A little bougie? A little, you know, out there, a little, you know, twerking this and that, you know. And I saw some of us, if we know that person who's doing that, I know there's judgment and we're like, ugh. Ugh. You know how many times I've heard young people laugh at something they see on Snapchat and they go, ugh. 
When the nation of Israel, when the nation of Israel heard that this man of God was marrying a prostitute, guaranteed, they said, ugh. And nevertheless, Hosea says, I got something so good for her. I'm a man who is upright, living an integrous life. I'm representing God himself in the flesh. I'm a representation of a higher kingdom, a higher level of integrity, a higher level of character. And I have good things to give to this woman where everybody else would say, ugh, she doesn't deserve that. And I'm wondering if our junk was all out there like Gomer's was, I wonder if when it comes to our relationship with a perfect God who wants to give us good things and continues to choose us, I wonder if we would feel as if we deserve that kind of love ourselves. I wonder if we look at the people around us, if, if we would say, man, God, you chose that? You chose them Boil it down. You chose me, and God is saying, yes, I have something good for you. I want to be one with you. One family. And I have good gifts that only come from me. It's crazy, man. Like, wrapping our head around all the good things that God has done for us. Man, if God never did another thing for me right now, I can tell you it with great confidence. If, if God never did another thing for me right now, it would, he would have done enough. If God never did another thing for me right now, he would have already done enough already. He's done so much good in my life. Take this short time frame, these 16, 18 hours we've been awake today or 12 hours that we've been up. If God never did another thing for me today, he would have already done enough. He doesn't need to do any more good to prove that he's good. He's given me the privilege to speak in this place right now. Our God gives good gifts. He gives good gifts. And I love what James says because I just, I just want to get our hearts so acclimated with the fact that what God has to give is good. Because when we get that, man, it's just going to feed into the next session and the session after that. And we're going to realize, man, just how good God is. For the good gifts, for the good things. I love what James says in in James chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. He says, don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. Don't be deceived. My dear brothers and sisters, one family. James, the brother of Jesus, writing to you saying, brothers and sisters, one family. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Hey, don't be deceived. Don't think good things come apart from God. Don't think, don't be deceived. Don't think that the good thing comes from over there or out there or in here. 
Don't think that that's where the good things are. Know that every good and perfect gift, the gift that is good for you, good for your soul, the the gift that is sustaining, the gift that is fulfilling, the good and perfect gift, the, the gift that makes you whole, the gift that brings grace, the gift that restores you, every good and perfect gift, every gift that is good comes from God. It comes from God. And this is the picture that God desires to work for the nation, for you and me, for all humanity. This is the picture that God wants to work out when he says, man of God, marry that prostitute and show the world how good I am despite how crazy you are. And despite all that, how I want to be one with you. Will you be one with me? Will you be one with me? Will you be one family with me? I'm all that you need and more. Here's what I would like us for us to do in these last 70 seconds. I want you to just close your eyes because I want to give you an opportunity just to acquaint your heart with the good gifts that he's given you. Just close your eyes. And just think about this. Just these simple gifts. These aren't like huge outlandish gifts. These aren't crazy, unreachable gifts. These are simple gifts like he got you out of bed this morning. Have you thanked God for that? You have life. He gave you breath and life. He gave you the grace to live today. He kept you safe through this day. He brought you here and provided so that you can be here now. He's given you a caring leader and some friends around you that you can trust and you can feel safe with. He's given you that. It was a part of his plan. He's given you a safe place for the weekend with three incredible meals each day. He's given you a safe place to enjoy everything this camp has to offer the zip lines and the paintball and the football and the archery tag and the dodgeball and the trivia night and the goofy characters and the stupid stunts. He's given you the grace and the gift to enjoy all that, and he wants it for you. And he also has a plan and has given you a purpose. And the greatest gift of all The greatest gift of all is that he loves you and he gave you his very life to save you. So just take a second and say, thank you. (laughs) Thank you, God, for the good gifts. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, I thank you and I praise you for this opportunity to speak to young people. This is a complex piece of scripture 
but it is a story that screams of your unconditional love for us. And as we go deeper, I'm just glad we can start from the launch pad that says, you are good and you've given us good gifts and you want good things for each one of us. That we will be drawn to you more and more in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Life After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.